dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Thursday morning, 7.32 a.m. Mountain Time on October 6th, and that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, almost as always, you know, sometimes I'm here, mostly always Scott's here. Scott Kennedy. <laughs> Scott, good morning to you. Uh, how you doing? It sounds like things are a little bit uh, off to a injury report over at the Kennedy household. Yeah, there's a, we've got an infirmary going on over here between uh, the 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 being sick passing around just the winter crap is what i call it and then uh and then uh the boy rolled his ankle pretty good last night at baseball so he's hobbled up he's got his foot up and iced up and it was uh, it was a shame he was playing really really well they they go to the big fields at 13u um and he uh he knocked one off the 300 foot fence and right foot in right center on the fly it was almost out that would have been a pretty good poke so for a 13 year old on a high school field so it was close but underestimated the center fielder's arm and kind of Cadillac it into third base and wasn't expecting a play and was no he was he was just he was surprised and he was off balance and he he, he twisted his ankle on the on the uh, on third base mm. so Gotta run it out Sean what's going on no uh that's too bad hopefully it'll be better soon um but on the injury report things are going well over here still pretty tired from the backpacking trip but uh Man, I'm, I'm a type two fun sometimes, you know, like, oh, it's a 4,000 feet elevation gain over four miles. Awesome. That's, <laughs> that's great. Gives me a second to catch my breath and look at the views. Um, but uh, talking about awesome, C. Patrick Havener coming in here with the support over on Facebook. Thank you so much, C. Patrick, the silent one. The C is for silent. Um, and uh, if you have anything, let us know. We also got money. Oh, we got Dave Glassman coming in also mm-hmm. with the stars. Uh, good morning to you, Dave, with the hearts there. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, money more coming in here as well saying we love you guys thank you so much money i just noticed uh, i think yesterday that money's picture is like the shamwow guy or like the joke shamwow guy so uh appreciate that and make a little reference there it looks Sunday. like though like a bart simpson clone is like coming up behind him or something it's kind of creepy yeah it is a little creepy like a, <laughs> a 
or something. Um, but uh, Sunny Day's in here. Good to see you. Bama X also. Good morning, Broncos country. And Bama X saying, I can see the first play on offense already. Play action to Gordon due to defenders be- being eager to strip him on the first play. And Russ going to hit Hamler d- deep in stride for our first opening series touchdown this season. Make it so. Make it so, Bama X. If that happens, uh, somebody's going to get you a drink or something. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Gary Lee Palmer coming in. Thank you for the support, Gary. As always, appreciate you being here. Coming in with some stars on Facebook. The stars are aligning this morning, waking up and, and coming in hot. Appreciate yeah. y'all. God, it's, uh, we're back. The back. Uh, Juan, also good freaking morning, Broncos country. It's freaking game day. Let's freaking go. Freaking yeah, man. We love it. I love the energy. Money more also. Uh, 0.5 fumbles for Gordon. Over or under? What do you think, Scott? Under. He ain't fumbling tonight. I'm I am with you. The good juju's out here. This is Luke disagreed with me last night, but Broncos country. I I'm not really a believer in you know really good vibes. You know things happen. The world is chaos, entropy, blah blah blah. Um, the universe is chaos. But I think that if the Broncos are going to make the playoffs this year, it's because Gordon figures things out and he is a big contributor. Because I, I think Mike, Mike Boone is a fine running back too. You know they brought in Latavius Murray, but the, if the running back is going to function this season uh, to the level that it needs to for this team to be a playoff team. It's with Gordon's legs. So he needs to figure out the fumble problems. Let's just, you know, get support him uh, for a bit. Hope that he figures it out here. I know I was, uh, God, I can't remember. I was talking with somebody. He's like, oh, Melvin Gordon typically only averages, you know, three fumbles a year. He's already had four. So he's, he's, uh, you know, he won't have any more. It's like, listen, that's called the gambler's fallacy. I've mm-hmm. rolled, you know, two ones in a row. There's, or, <laughs> Back-to-back snake guys, there's no way I'll roll it again. It's already happened. The probability, it's like, no. The probability resets every time you roll. It's because it's already happened in the bank. And and I I don't think it's all just pure chaos either. There are are gods (laughs) out there. There are trends. Different sports that mess with you. I know I gamble (laughs) because things get weird when my money is on the table. It's like, oh, all I need to do is not roll double fives and I'm good. Oh, double fives. Who thought it? You know, it's... uh, the one I like to say is walking to my neighborhood. I said, if we did SAT questions in my neighborhood, it's it's a, it's a big loop. It's a two mile loop. It's a closed neighborhood. It's the busiest damn closed neighborhood you've ever been on. I said, if you start a dog walker on this side and a dog walker on this side, and you have two cars going this direction at whatever speed, what are the odds that they're going to all meet up in the same spot? 100 freaking percent. It's unbelievable. Every time, all in the same spot, every single time. There's something else going on out there, y'all. It's not just pure probability and chaos. There's, chaos. there is, there's, there's, there's other things at work. That's the, been the Broncos offense this year, probability and chaos. Um, Stephen Tobacco coming in. Good morning, fellas. Broncos and country. Good to see you. Facebook users say, go Broncos. No more fumbles, Melvin. Absolutely. Quentin Carson. What's up, guys? Sorry, you're sick, Scott. Scott seems to be doing a little bit better. Yeah, I'm, getting other better. Than... I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I feel pretty good. Um, But whatever I had, whatever I brought back from just, being on a plane, travel, lack of sleep, and the weather change, I was going to get sick. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the the wife's got it worse than I did. And I had it pretty bad over the weekend. So, But mine only lasted a couple of days. Um, normally, that stuff gets down into my – I get chest colds out of it that lasts a couple of weeks. Hadn't been that bad this time. So appreciate appreciate the thoughts, Quentin. We got Jeremy Bales in here too saying, Good morning, guys. Can't take the Colts lightly. And what a weird team the Colts are. Tie the Texans, uh, lose badly to the Jags, beat the, beat the Chiefs. And then uh, they lost last week to, I'm totally blanking on whoever it was, uh, but uh, regardless, Titans, Titans who's yeah. not great. Um, no, they've, so, played, they've played all, um, they've played all their division opponents already, and they haven't beaten one of them. But they won't beat the 
probably the best team in the mm-hmm. AFC uh, after going into the Tampa Bay and then dropping what 41 on them. Um, yeah, crazy. Can't take the Colts lightly. Angelo coming in saying that we're going to have an offensive explosion uh, this week, given what the Broncos standards have been so far. 34 to 28 Broncos. Angelo, your lips to God's ears. We'll have plenty to talk about uh, if that's the case. And uh, man, I would, uh, I'm here for that. D- defense giving up 28 points isn't great, but 34, whew, injected into my veins. Luke Wright, good morning, Nick and Scott. It's game day. Absolutely. Ryan Slavic, good, good, absolutely. Jetty Splash, good morning, everyone. Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, what's up, guys? It's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday to Mrs. Rivera. Uh, happy, happy birthday, Molly. Ethan in here as well. Ethan, I hope you're doing well. It's been a second. It's saying good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. I know Ethan was rolling over this last week. And so I watched the uh, Broncos game for the first time because I was out backpacking, fishing, climbing mountains on uh, yesterday morning. And the linebacker play had to just be driving Ethan crazy. And Jewel didn't look great, but Jodas Griffith was Horrible. He's out of position a lot. You ask Constantly. me, you ask me, you know, what are your quick thoughts? Give me the, give me the cliff notes version. I'm like, you know, with all these yards. And uh, I, I said, Jonas Griffith was, was over pursuing a lot and giving up the cutback lanes. And then you, you really miss Justin Simmons to stop that, to be, yeah. you know, first level defense, second level defense, third level defense, that third level, you know, the first one you're hoping to get a, a no gain or maybe a tackle for loss. Second, you're hoping it's three to five. And then third, you're hoping if it gets to the third level, you're hoping it's five to eight. Mm-hmm. It was going strike one, strike two, strike three. And some of those runs were turning into 15 to 20. Yeah. Um, so there were multiple levels of failure on that one. And a big part of that was was uh, was Jonas Griffith didn't play very well. No, and uh, getting into that, just talking linebacker here, Muma uh, for Ethan, I haven't seen Muma this season. I don't know if he's doing that. I know Devin Lloyd, who was my linebacker one, has been amazing uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars so far this season. And haven't heard much from, uh, oh God, who is the small linebacker from Georgia? Uh, Nakobe Dean? Yeah, haven't heard much he's from been him. At, he's been at, was he at Philly? Did they he's take at, him? He's at Philly, yep. I know that uh, Devin Lloyd's been incredible. Um, if if he's, he's rocketing up for defensive rookie of the year, along with his teammate, Trevon Walker. So Jack's got some things going there. But I digress. Um, Jonas Griffith really struggled in this game. Uh, luckily, the Colts, for some reason, something happened, man. Their offense has been uh, dreadful this season so far, but their running game, especially uh, looking at the Colts' uh, EPA per play, they are, in the rushing game, looks like the fifth worst rushing EPA per play so far this season. And their rushing uh, rush offense, according to Football Outsiders, is a dead last in the NFL, 32nd. So, um Get right game for the Broncos defense, hopefully. But if Griffith struggles against Scott, what are the... Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Odds that we're seeing him yanked for Alex Singleton. It, it could happen. You know, you just need a little bit more steady in there. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think we've, we've used the term a lot this year, overcorrection. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think he he had a good game with with uh, with Jewel back. And this one, I think he maybe gotten a little too aggressive. And just pump the brakes a little bit. Let it come to you. Settle back down. He's still inexperienced as hell. You know, he's still a young, uh, as far as number of plays under his belt, period. I mean, he's inexperienced. So he's going to have one of those games and time for a, a recorrection. Let's meet somewhere in the middle where you can still be aggressive, but maintain discipline. I know that that's tougher than it sounds, but, you know, use your trust, your natural gifts to get you there. Don't over anticipate and leave yourself susceptible to the cutback lanes. So I, I expect a better game from him this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and he's not facing Josh Jacobs. You know, Jonathan Taylor's out. Um, you know, Naheem Hines is a, a good back. Uh, uh, Frank Reich said earlier this week, you'd probably see some Philip Lindsay this week. You know, he's, he's not Josh Jacobs. Um, and the offensive line with the, you know, as bad as you thought the Raiders line coming in was going to be, that's where the Colts offensive line is right now. It's, it's the highest paid unit offensive line in the entire NFL. And they are massively underperforming right now. It's, it's one of the big reasons they're struggling so badly. Yeah, it's uh, I feel pretty good um, about the uh, Broncos country. Let's take a little victory lap right now. Maybe we should wait until after tonight. But uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, it looks like the Broncos, when it comes down to these two specific players, at least, uh, took the right guy uh, with Bradley Chubb versus Quentin Nelson because uh, Quentin Nelson has been struggling as well, which is an oddity. Uh, Quentin Nelson blocked me on Twitter because I said there's no way, no how I'm spending a top five pick on a guard. Just does not move the needle enough. You can find guards, uh, which is Funny to say because the Broncos guards have been not good uh, this season, but let's look at bigger trends here overall the, across the league rather than a small sample size of just Denver. Greg Smith, top of the morning Broncos country. Good to see you. He also said, I am indeed the sham. Wow. I'm so glad you guys noticed. Um, so it's the sham. Wow. In a shirt with the advertiser, the sham. Wow guy. He's holding the head instead of the sham. Wow. They've switched them. I can see it now. So uh, money more. <laughs> God, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, God bless you. Happy Thursday morning. Uh, Jesse Francisco Sanchez coming. In. I think Jesse donated superstars last uh, last night as well. So good morning to you, Jesse, saying good morning, Nick and Scott, Broncos country. Let's ride. Get right and get the win tonight and get this turned around. Yeah, three and two would be big. Scott, on a scale of one to ten, how much is tonight's game a must win for the Broncos playoffs chances? Two and two. I, I don't think it's a must. I'd, I'd say it's a four. You know, it's, 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 it's more about the, what does this mean for the rest of your season as opposed to what is your record? I mean, compare this to the Indianapolis Colts who could move to 500 with a win here and go two, two and one versus two and three. You're feeling like it's fairly even, uh, you know, record wise on paper, this is a must win for the Indianapolis Colts for people to keep their jobs. I mean, this is, this is desperation time or is it that's, that that's what I'm I'm saying about this one. This isn't a necessarily a desperate team like the Raiders were, or the Seahawks were desperate to prove everybody wrong and go after their former uh, quarterback, and we're going to make him the uber villain. That was a desperate team. 
this is a team that's ready to pack it in. This this Colts team is we've had Frank Reich. This has gotten stale. Uh, we're we're ready for you know we're gonna outlast this guy. We're gonna play out the. This isn't working. We're gonna play out the stretch, run out the ground ball, and it's gonna be a complete reset next year. Maybe as soon as this freaking weekend. Honestly, mm-hmm. depending on how this game goes tonight, this could be. This could end up being Frank Reich's last game in charge of the Colts. It's very possible. Uh, you've got a a hothead owner and a team that is came in with some big expectations that aren't living up to it with a guy who has um, not doesn't have the resume in order to survive another year like this. It's not like he's mm-hmm. got okay, he, he's won this. No, he hasn't really. He's he's underachieved. Um, relative to where the Colts were when he came in. So it's much more important for the Colts. The Broncos, I mean, if they fall to two and three, you can hang around 500 and eke out three wins at the end of the season and get in at 10 and seven. You can you can still do that. It's, there's still that possibility for this team, even if you lose this game. So it's not a must win. It's, it's, it's not um, record-wise. It just feels like it because this is a team you should beat. it's like okay if i can't beat this colts team then i'm not a playoff team that's how that feels but in reality it's the nfl and you can put together a string three four wins in a row and you're in the playoffs yeah i think the reason that i feel like it's a i put it probably at a six for me is because the following game is at chargers and i know you have 10 days to prepare but that's a much tougher task is that even is that a night game even i can't remember um but uh God, man, the Broncos in prime time. <laughs> Quit doing it to us. Uh, it's making us look bad. But um, I I put it at a six just because that Chargers game around the table. And if you go two and four, then you are in right. uh-oh land. Um, so that game, you don't have a gimme on the other end of this one. So I think you need, uh, and not that this is a gimme, because, like, again, like I said, Indy beat the Colts. Um, but All right, Indy beat the uh, the Chiefs. But uh, definitely need to break it that win tonight. Ryan Slavic in the house saying, good morning, fellas. I hope we win this game. Can't take any more headaches. I'm rooting for Gordon to play well and not fumble. Hope our defense stops the run as well. Yeah, the uh, like I mentioned earlier, Colts known for the run game, but so far this season, uh, they are, according to Football Outsiders, 32nd in the league in rush offense DVOA, and they are on offense, I think the fifth worst uh, rushing offense in football uh, when you include uh, turnovers in there. Uh, so uh, the EPA per play. So not good, and now they're without Jonathan Taylor. I mean like I mentioned earlier for the linebackers, this is a get right game as far as stopping the run goes. Biggest thing for this game. This is something thinking back. It's just four games, man. My brain is fried. And sometimes in these morning shows, have the Broncos gotten off to a fast start offensively all year? Has it been just like a fuck a freaking mm, almost <laughs> has it been a trudge uh, every single, you know, first half. I think it had, um, they had scored early. The, uh, the game what well, last week against the Raiders was the first time the, uh, the Broncos had converted a, first, a third down in the first quarter. Holy, that can't be true. If you believe that, I believe what I heard on the, because the, I was listening to the Broncos broadcast, hmm. and that the, the first time, that was the first time. Uh, meanwhile, the Raiders had score, have scored on every first down possession, every first possession so far. It's like four field goals and a touchdown through, or, or three field goals and a touchdown through four games. Um, and that was the first time you had converted a first down off of a th- converted a third down in the first quarter. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been really, really slow. And what cost you the game 
aside from you know the the big turnover that switched momentum was you switched first and third quarters so you came out decently in the first half turnover kills momentum but then you when you come out in the third quarter three and out three and out three and out three and out it was but it was punt 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 and your defense gets worn out when you're facing a team that is committed to running the ball and can do it with a beast like like Josh Jacobs yeah it's it's unsustainable. You know, we said that before. Watching all of those three and outs against the 49ers, that's not sustainable. You were able to pin them in, and Jimmy Garoppolo had a poor game, and you're you're uh you owned field position that game. Owned yeah. it. <clears throat> but not every week like is gonna be like that. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got J- Jesse coming in saying, let's go. Let's get this W. Chase Wellner saying, have you guys seen Fumbleitis this bad? Not that I can recall, uh, especially at the NFL level. It's pretty insane. Um, Greg Smith also saying, the better we play, the less we drink. So tonight, will, I be, will it be more or less? Based on what Scott just said, you might be just blitzed after the first <laughs> half, Greg. You better watch out. Maybe have a comfortable chair and you know set water by your bed stand. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a frustrating game, but that's just because these are two frustrating teams right now. Uh, Jesse coming in saying, good morning, y'all. Is Melvin Gordon's fumbleitis related to the fact that the offensive line needs to be improved? Or are they separate issues entirely? I think um, they're separate here, issues. Real, real, sorry, Nick, real quick on that one. I feel like the the, the Colts have, got, have been playing from behind all year. Yeah. So there's that. It's one of those, the movable object meets the resistible force. Something's got to give. You know, mm-hmm. they're, both, they, they're both bad. They don't stop anybody in the first half, and the Broncos mm-hmm. can't move the ball in the first half. Um, again, they did it better last week. So there were, there's signs, there's incremental signs of improvement for the Denver Broncos. Even if you're at two and two, the big problems that we've had with this team, other than the poor offensive line play have intermittently shown improvement. Um, so it's, it should be, it'll be interesting. You know, who, who steps up, uh, who's, which, which one gives the, the poor starts on defense or the poor starts, you know, Typically, it'll it'll probably be a low scoring, crappy first half. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, we got. Je- uh, I think it's related here, though, Jesse. Um, somewhat, but offensive line has been struggling in the run blocking aspect, and Melvin Gordon's fumbling. They are a little bit uh, related. Um, um, Jesse, on this one, sorry. this on 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 that one, it's it's been on Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, one of one of his fumbles was on a, was on a pass out wide. Um, one of his fumbles was right up the gut on a nine yard gain. Uh, his, his last one that was returned for a touchdown right up the middle, nine yard gain as he's flipping over the centrifugal force yanks the ball out of his arm. I mean, it, there wasn't even anybody yanking on his arm or punching the ball out or anything. The fumbles, the, the first one was an outreach. I don't, I don't count that one. Um, yeah. that was, that was a turnover regardless. Yeah. Um, but the two that I remember most recently against the 49ers, that was on a pass play where he's out in the open. And the last one uh, against against the Raiders was basically untouched on a nine-yard game. So that's not on the OL. That's, that's on Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, 
impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for stores September 12th through the 18th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our store teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. No, absolutely. And uh, talking about Melvin Gordon, Luke Patterson appears. Luke says Broncos about to win today. That's right. I'm flip flopping. Always believing that mile high magic. Yeah, Denver is what is undefeated at home so far this season. Two and zero at home and zero and two on the road. So uh, maybe there's something to that. Um, so yeah, good morning, well, Luke. Hope you're good feeling well. Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. We missed you. Luke and I missed you last night, Scott. Do we got Glenn Harrison going to start a GoFundMe for Scott to bet on every Broncos game? See, that would be the reverse, reverse uh, jinx, maybe, if you're doing that. I think it needs to come directly from Scott. Yeah, it's got to, I have to have something. I have to have some skin in the game. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's, you, you might be able to fool the, the betting gods once, but they'll come back with a vengeance and I'll pay for it somewhere else in a, in a bad way, for sure. Absolutely. Benjamin Flores, morning, fellas. Good to see you. Dom in the house saying, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. My boys, no turnovers, no penalties tonight. Your lips to God's ears. Play disciplined football. Must win, Nick, buddy. Ready for Saturday. Have a great day. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, Dom and I like to talk a little college football. Iowa goes into Illinois, where a team that looks pretty darn feisty right now with uh, Brett Bielema. They're playing good Big Ten style of football. And uh, Wisconsin's in shambles. They just fired uh, Coach Christ. I mean, Big Ten West is a... <laughs> absolute laughable uh treasury uh right now but uh that's why we love it right it's it's a uh, fun to look at it's like your cousins you know you just this like is, yeah they're odd but going back to to gambling and then hit up on my bookie this is the perfect time to bet against the broncos and then take take the colts and the points because if the broncos win by two you win the game and you get paid that's mm -hmm. when it's, it works double that way you can yeah. you can double your money that way so when your team is favored is the best time to bet against them because you can win and not cover. You get the win, you get the money. Yeah. That's the way to be. Um, you're hedging one way or the other. Either you get the win or you get the money. In this case, you can get the win and the money. Yeah. Can't uh, lose. You can't lose when your team's a favorite. Oh, man. Hopefully the Broncos take, come out and win with the points, but we'll see. Uh, Troy coming in. Fantasy question. Do I start Melvin? tonight or James Robinson against Houston. I'd be starting James Robinson against Houston. And this is not a Melvin specific thing. This is a Colts versus Broncos trenches thing. This might be, I know how good the San Francisco 49ers defense is, but as far as interior offensive line versus interior defensive line, this is probably the toughest matchup the Broncos have faced so far this year from a talent perspective. Uh, DeForest Buckner is the best defensive tackle this team has gone against so far this season. Uh, he's probably one of the top five in football. He's equally good against the run and pass. I think he was a top eight pick when he came out. The Colts traded a first round pick to get him in there. And then one of the most underrated uh, interior defensive linemen in all of football is uh, Grover Stewart there. And they paid him a good contract, but you know he's an interior defensive lineman without the first round pedigree, not getting a lot of hype. But Grover Stewart is really good as well. Broncos interior offensive line has been pitiful so far this season, putting it lightly. 
And uh, I think that's going to continue this week. Now, can we see some other aspects of the offense uh, get out there and make some things? Yes, like Yannick Ngakwe, there should be a target on his jersey every single running play because he is Malik Reed-esque at setting the edge out there. Um, looks like he's you know a ballerina getting tossed up in the air sometimes. <laughs> um, but uh, the interior defensive line for the Colts. And then on top of that, Shaq Leonard, um, for, formerly known as Darius Leonard for you at home, one of the best linebackers in football. So they need Melvin Gordon to get right. They need the offensive he's line out. to get right. He, Shaq Leonard. Out. Okay, well, that changes yeah, a lot Shaq, of things. Shaq was ruled out early. He, uh, he, he, he'd been battling back surgery and was out the first three games, and his first came back, he gets a concussion. Oh, that's So they okay. ruled him out quickly. They didn't even bother with concussion protocol. They're like, out. he's done. You're done. You're out. Well, that changes things. Uh, yeah, Shaq's out great. this week. So they're, they're beat up too, y'all. Like I said, they're, this, yeah. this is a wounded team. And like I said, this isn't, this isn't a new team where, listen, we're stuck with this guy no matter what for at least two years. This is Vic Fangio's Denver Broncos, where Frank Reich is a much more likable human being um, and does a, you know, he, he's, he's maybe too nice, um, but they're, they're in that process where, okay, we can see the writing on the wall. We can wait this guy out. It, it's, it's almost, almost a, a giving up on the season type a switch over for the Indianapolis Colts right now. Yeah, man. Well, that does change things. I still think the Colts interior defensive line is a massive mismatch for the Broncos, unfortunately, because of how bad their interior offense Broncos off interior offensive line has been in the run game specifically, but hopefully they'll start to figure some things out, man. It's too bad. Quinn Miners is out because he was the best Broncos offensive lineman on the field in that first half of the Seattle game, really getting some push out there. This team desperately uh, needs somebody that's kicking some butt on the interior right now because they are just a, a passive unit right now. And it's it's painful to watch, honestly, for me, at least. Um, we got Rob coming in, too, saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. The best MHH team. Scott, loved your nine times the other day. Uh, Bueller, if Melvin fumbles tonight, even with not much depth, does he get cut tomorrow? Thing is, like, you're, you want to go into the rest of the season with Latavius Murray and Mike Boone? I think he's probably pretty safe unless, you know, he fumbles – this many times and this many games the rest of the way, then maybe you have to, you have to do something at that point, but I don't, I don't think you could cut them after one fumble. So do you know the nine times reference? I mean, yeah, it was, it was, I, I emphasized it with, uh, with Ferris Bueller's mom being absent nine times, nine. I don't remember him being absent nine times. Um, nine times is how many times Matt Ryan has fumbled this year. Nine. He has fumbled nine times in four games. He's only had more than nine fumbles three times in his freaking career, and he's old. So yeah. uh, it's uh, you want to talk about it being in your head. Every time that guy gets hit, you're wondering if the ball's going to pop out. So he's put it on the ground. I think he's lost five. He may have lost five of them, at least four. Lost one again last week. Uh, those are killers. Those are yeah. absolute killers. So um, – if Melvin fumbles tonight, even not much depth, does he get cut tomorrow? 10-day week, man. I I, I wouldn't be uh, shopping for homes. I'd be living in an apartment, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. If uh, if he puts if he loses if he loses another one. Yeah. And we got Kyla coming in here. Uh, always good to hear from Kyla over on YouTube, rocking the Russell Wilson jersey, saying good morning, everyone. I've traveled to Denver for tonight's game. Go Broncos and let's ride. Absolutely. Have a great time, Kyla. Thursday night football. And uh, then you got all day Friday. I mean, it's 
Thursday's a good time to travel for a game because then you know, get to just ride it through a long weekend. Uh, so hopefully you're doing well and uh, have a great time tonight. Um, we also got Laura Jean, uh, Laura Jones coming in saying, do you think the team looks at uh, conditioning coach? These injuries are not good. I'm not a sports kinesiologist or a trainer or anything like that, so I can't speak to it. It does seem like the Broncos this season have had a little bit more soft tissue, uh, some of like hamstrings that have lingered and whatnot, and that's when you kind of start to question the staff. But like the shoulder injury of Justin Simmons, the Achilles, the uh, the knee stuff with Randy Gregory, those are ones that I'm not putting on the staff. Those are just football injuries slash ones also for Randy Gregory specifically, you knew was a risk coming in uh, to this season. Maybe if that guy gave the clear, like, Oh, his knee is fine. He's not going to need surgery. And then this happens. Um, but that's your team doctors more than the training staff. So I don't think I'm at uh, an educated enough spot to have a strong opinion on that, but the injuries definitely suck. And yeah, the, the rehab and you know, who, who put the green light on Tom Compton and, uh, and Billy Turner. Mm-hmm. You know, these, those are those are medicals. You've got to pass and make those decisions. You signed Bill, uh, Randy Gregory coming off shoulder surgery. OK, that's mm-hmm. that worked out. Um, you know, he's hurt now. Totally unrelated. You know, the shoulder was fine in time to play. And he's been he was he was great. So the shoulder was fine. But the other guys coming in um, were injured coming in and you haven't seen them. And they're on one year deals. Yeah. You know, this is, it wasn't a long-term investment. It's they're on, they're on one-year deals and you needed to help right away at right tackle. So not only are you having trouble keeping guys healthy, you're having trouble evaluating the ones that are already injured and you're having trouble getting guys back on the field. Yeah. It doesn't look good. You need a freaking exorcism, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Luke Wright coming in saying, just so everyone knows, show the game on Twitch on their prime video account. That's really good uh, information there, Luke. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, hello to you if anybody's watching on Twitch right now. Uh, we got uh, Benjamin Flores also coming in saying, I honestly feel like losing Gregory is a bigger dent in our game than losing Javante simply because our offensive line is playing like trash anyways. They both suck. Uh, I, don't, I don't know which one. I think the Javante one is worse because it, it feels like it's a much, it is, not it feels, it is a much more significant injury. So it's not just losing Javante this season. I don't even want to breathe air into this, but like he tore what three ligaments in his knee. What does he even come back? Like, does he come back? I mean, I know we're in modern medicine, but like the LCL, ACL and PCL, I think he tore all of those, maybe not the PCL, but I think the LCL as well. That's serious. That is like really serious stuff. Um, So, I mean, hell, we're going to, we're going to be talking a year from now, hopefully where we're like, yeah, Javante is still kind of working on his knee. We're probably not going to see, you know, if, if ever again, a uh, fully healthy Javante uh, until like two years from now, like the 2024 season, because that's how serious that knee injury is. So last year of his contract. Yeah. You know, that- not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And you're you're bump, bumping up against, okay, this guy's going to be a free agent now. And we had a nice rookie season, a couple glimpses, and then, yeah, it's 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 a it's a bad one. It that one uh, from an impact, I get where Benjamin's coming from on this yeah. one. Um, you know, the the other part of that though is Benjamin is if it forces Melvin Gordon into a more prominent role, that could be more detrimental to your team. Yeah. That's the the other the other the flip side of that is. Melvin Gordon could end up hurting you more by playing than either one of those guys by not playing. That's the reality. Yeah. Oh man. Feel for Javante. It's such a bummer. Um, Richard coming in with the two euros over there across the pond in Germany, Deutschland. Uh, hope you're doing well, Richard. He says, what do number three, number 25, number 42 have to do to be good? Uh, number three needs to work the quick game more efficiently. Um, that's a big issue with the Broncos right now on offense. They are struggling running the football. They are the third worst EPA per play rushing offense in football so far this season, which is not good enough. Now, granted, that is heavily impacted by how much they fumbled the football. Um, but the Broncos, we talked about it this offseason. Russell Wilson in his career has been a boomer bust quarterback. And when he's been at his best, the run game has balanced him out because then you can get the, the short yardage chunk plays to keep the defense honest and then balance it with the explosive uh, pass plays. Broncos aren't running the football right now because the interior offensive line has been horrible. Um, there's just no way around it. They've been dreadful in the run game specifically. And the short game, I mean, you see it every single game. Russell Wilson has three or four passes that are like, what the hell? That one bounced like two feet in front of Cortland Sutton's feet, and he was wide open on the slant. Quick game has been not great, and that's been true for Russell Wilson's career. Uh, some of that is probably because of his height. So I want to see the quick game come out there, um, try to figure out how that's going to work for this offense. I don't know if it's getting the tight ends involved. I mean, you're just losing so many weapons left and right that it's hard. But uh, quick game, more efficient. Number 25, hold on to the football. And number 42, just I don't want to notice 42 in a negative way. I think that's the big one for me. If he makes a sack, that's great. But to be good, I need hit to not see him flying, you know, eight yards down the field from a right tackle blocking him and being blocked off the screen, which is and that's Nick Benito for those of y'all yes. watching at home. Yes. It's so six, just no, we're all pretty crazy, but it's like 42. Yeah. It took me a second. I'm like 42, 40. Oh yeah. Nick Benito. Yeah. Just don't be obvious bad um, in the run game. And that would be good enough for me. That's how low my bar is for Nick Benito. Cause he is a uh, gets blown up on the run game uh, too much for my taste. Um, so Nick hit the easy ones for me. Uh, Russell Wilson, get rid of the ball quicker. You know, I, I'd like to see him, uh, uh, you know, three-step fire. That was the first play of the game last week against the Raiders. Nice little slant pattern. Let's let's see some more of those. Let's see some more quick hitters. Get the ball out of his hand quicker. It's like it's like shooting layups. You got a guy in a shooting slump. Let's let's get him some easy looks. Um, I feel like those are the easy looks. Twenty-five. Hold on to the ball, Melvin Gordon. Hold on to the ball. Trust yourself. Um, and, and number 42 is just be a little tougher out there. Um, uh, and I don't mean to say just 
hold up better to the initial point of contact. If he's doing that, he's he's doing well. Let's hit Jason. Thanks for the for the coming in with a super chat. Uh, the, the Euros, Richard, appreciate you. And Jason comes and he said, I had to pull over. So let's let's we're gonna jump up and make sure we get Richard here. Is this a get right game for Melvin? It could be. It absolutely could be because this is in his head as much as anything. I've referenced Chuck Knobloch and the yips that he had at second base several times right now. That's what I saw out of Melvin Gordon last week. I saw a guy who absolutely was in his own head. So get out there. You know, what What might be the best thing for him is for him just to get freaking rocked early on, running wide, and uh, someone comes in and lights him up and bounces him down, and he gets up and starts – trash talking almost just jawing you know i got it you know i got you this is that all you got i'm still here i'm gonna be here all day you know and and get get out of his head a little bit and let the let the competitive juices go because right now what i saw the first time that he carried the ball after the fumble if it wasn't the first time it was pretty close was in the goal line situation was right after the the uh the raiders had pinned pinned the broncos back in at the one and he was so hesitant to run into contact where all you got to do is, man, just bury your head and get into the pile and see if you can push your way two, three yards. He was so hesitant to run into contact that he was in his own head. So, you know, that's that's what I'm hoping. It's a, a good right, uh, a get right game for him. We all want that for him. Are there yeah. any serious injuries that could make could um, make for a difficult game for the Broncos? D um, on the contrary. I mean, Randy Gregory is a serious injury. He could, he's going to be out for a while. Um, on the contrary, the the injuries are uh, on the other side of the ball on the on the Colts' offense. That Jonathan Taylor being out is tough for them. He hasn't been overly effective. They've had to lean too much on Matt Ryan throwing the ball because the running game hasn't worked. So um, that's a problem. Will Nick Benito have an impact? Yes, he will. Uh, yes, he will. The way. Um, Matt Ryan is putting the ball on the turf, beat him up a little bit. You want to talk about someone who will hold on to the ball too long? Matt Ryan will hold on to the ball and look for those players. The, the, the two guys to watch that are starting to step up, Michael Pittman's a beast, but the two guys that are starting to step up for the Colts as receivers are rookies Alec Pierce and tight end Jelani Woods. Keep an eye on those guys. Don't sleep on Mo Alley-Cox also um, mm-hmm. for there at the tight end position. I think that's... Patrick Sertan has been incredible so far this season. Football Outsiders actually just put out an article saying Patrick Sertan is already the best cornerback in football. Um, so shout out to Derek Klassen for that one. He's uh, been tough on the Broncos the last few seasons, a big Derek Locke uh, doubter, and also not the biggest Russell Wilson fan, but singing praises of Patrick Sertan, which is, we'll take it. We'll take what we can get. Uh, so I think Michael Pittman's going to be not erased, but limited uh, by Sertan. So then the question is, where else the ball go? I think this is a game where the Colts are going to try to heavily feature the tight ends. And because of that, this is a game where you're going to see questions about the linebackers and coverage. And I think also the, the safeties and coverage. I'm there's so many other issues on the Broncos offensive side of the ball that we haven't really talked about it, but Kareem Jackson has looked old uh, this season. He's not looked great. In fact, to the point where I'd be curious about uh, what a Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns uh, safety tandem would look like. Uh, with Kareem coming in as that third safety after Justin Simmons comes back. Cause I mean, last week there was a couple plays where 22 just bounced off the guy, Devonte Adams, it would have been third and five. And instead it's first and 10 because Kareem Jackson misses an easy tackle uh, over the middle. So just, he's looking a little bit old out there, um, but aren't we all <laughs> Mark Schrader, not looking old. Hope you're doing well, Mark coming off surgery uh, saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you, Mark. Um, 
We appreciate you coming in. Join us this morning. Also, Addison uh, coming in with the 499 Super saying, maybe it's just me, but I feel like the offensive scheme is so basic and not lackluster with the defense, which is totally opposite, creative blitz, etc. I'm having a hard time getting too upset about the offensive scheme because there are there's cracks in the very foundation of the scheme and they cannot execute the simple things to build off of that and get more complicated. They're constantly um, at behind the sticks uh, because of penalties or terrible uh, bad sacks or they're running the ball for one or two yards because the offensive line is getting blown up because Lloyd Cushenberry couldn't climb a ladder, let alone climb to the second level of the defense. Um, so it's like it's same with Glasgow. Um, so it's, I think the offensive scheme, it would be more creative, but you can't even execute the basics right now. And it's just, it's not, it's not good enough. Uh, so you can't add the frills and the ornaments and the bells and whistles. Yeah, I agree. You know, we've, we've talked about this Addison, uh, you know, where's the screen game. You need mobility in your offensive lineman to run screens and you don't have any right now. The, the yeah. Glasgow is again, I think he'd be better. Could he be an improvement at center? Um, but he's immobile. Anytime you need him to move laterally, can't. Cushenberry is has not been good. And again, I, I feel like maybe those two have been so bad that Reisner gets a pass. But I haven't seen anything out of Reisner in two years, Nick. No, that makes he's... me think this is a this is a plus offensive lineman in the NFL. So yeah. you're, you know, going back to you know to blood sport. You know, hit hit Hong Lee. Go for the gut. Hong Lee's weak in the gut. You know, when you're when you're weak in the gut, it makes it really really hard to be strong in other places. And it comes back to this uh, Russell Wilson's limitations on offense uh, because of his historical struggles in the quick game and the short area game. Uh, that means the teams when the Russell Wilson's been at his best have had good run games uh, to counteract that right now, the Broncos aren't running the ball very well and they aren't passing the quick game very well. And I know that there's like people involved in the Broncos media that are sharing all the Broncos are, you know, fourth in the NFL and explosive plays and like the most explosive touchdowns this season and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Well, the offense looks still bad. Why is that? It's because that's all they're doing. That's all they are uh, winning so far this season. They're, it's busted plays. You know, yep. that's that's that the basis of the offense right now is being creative. I want you to watch, you know, we, we talk about mobile quarterbacks all the time. You know, how do you contain a mobile quarterback? You keep them in the pocket. You hem them in. You know, don't let them don't let them break containment. Okay. Well, you're you're doing that. The, the the defenses are doing that against you, but they're not having to hem you in. They're just crushing the pocket. They're they're just they're they're taking three offensive linemen in front of you and and you're right, your your tackles, and they're just putting you in a trash compactor. Mm -hmm. It's it it's as soon as he steps back and steps back to throw, Russell Wilson steps back to throw, he's got guys in his lap. Well, that's that's not that's not keeping him in the pocket, that's collapsing the pocket. And a five ten quarterback with six six defensive lineman in his in his lap all the time makes it tough to get anything done. Let alone running the ball between tackles. You know how are you going to run the ball when as soon as I hand it off and you know I'm I'm having to avoid a guy in the backfield. For me, Nick, it all starts on the OL. Yeah, and I have a hard time getting too upset at Cam Fleming, the player, because uh, he shouldn't probably be out there. What is he, the fourth it's, or? Yeah. Fifth option at that spot. I, I agree. I've always said I'm not going to blame. As long as they're trying their hardest and and do it, I'm not going to blame Lloyd Cushenberry for not being good enough. That's not his fault. Is he putting in the work? Is he you know is he working as hard as he can? That that's all I can ask of him. 
this is this is on the organization for not doing more to improve the offensive line. And I got to ask you, you know, kind of talking about the interior offensive line getting crushed on Russell Wilson. Is that even more important for a Russell Wilson offense uh, because of his issues seeing the football? I mean, you can tell on some of these throws, he like there was a play, I think, two weeks ago um, against the Texans. It was a I think it was a Jerry Judy route that uh, hit in the front of the feet on the Jerry Judy in the quick pass game. And after the play, you see Russell Wilson poke his head around the corner because he's throwing it without seeing. And if your offensive linemen are getting pushed back, that's even less lanes, less visibility. So mm-hmm. it's uh, amplifying the issues on the offense more so with Russell Wilson than any, almost any other quarterback. Uh, it's absolutely a problem. You know, when you're in a phone booth, you know, and I, I painted the, I painted the doors black. I can't see anything out of it. You know, he's, he's in a phone booth. Yeah. So, you know, I need, I need, if I'm going to be in a pass set and I'm going to keep, and I'm Russell Wilson, I'm in the pocket, I need a clean pocket. And it, yeah. it, obviously it doesn't always have to be clean, but it, it not only does that, Nick, it also gives him the ability to improvise. Yeah. You know, I, I've got escape routes, but I've got to be able to at least set a line of scrimmage without just being blown back three, yeah. four yards right off the snap where, you know, we've said this before. Yeah, a, a pass up. You watch the guys go through. They work out. They they kick back and they sit. They sit. They you know sit down. Sit down. Sit down. And and they set and they they're supposed to hold. They're kicking back and they're knocked so off balance right away that they're just being run right back into the quarterback's lap. That's yeah. tough if you're six six, let alone if you're five ten, five eleven, because the the shortest guys you know in front of you are six three and they got their hands in the air. Yeah. What's he supposed to see? Yeah. So again, how do you avoid some of that stuff? I'd like to see a little bit, maybe, you know, a little bit under center, a little bit more and rolling out the pockets. Let's move him, move the pockets around a little bit. So you don't have a stationary target. Um, but it's tough. It is absolutely tough. And Ethan coming in, he says, uh, too many good movie references today. Scott Chung Lee deserves a super chat. Um, the uh, Jackson was, it was Ray Jackson was the character's name. Um, the ogre. He uh, he actually lived in my complex, and I got to got to talk to him for a moment uh, when I lived out in California, which was which was kind of cool. But yeah, blood sports good. Chung Lee's weak in the gut. Man, I got this. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good movie. Good movie. Uh, we got Laura Jones coming in saying, "When is Justin Simmons expected back?" He's on. He could come off the injury, short term IR after this Colts game. Uh, we will see if that happens. He's got a full, you know, they got 10 days to evaluate it or 11, nine days, whatever it is, uh, depending if the Broncos play. For some reason, I feel like this game next game is Monday night, but um, no, nah, he might be back next week. Let's hope so. Uh, Miguel coming in here saying, good morning, fellas. Good to see you, Miguel. Uh, we also got um, Wyatt coming in saying, uh, would moving Reisner to right tackle help? I know he played it in college and was good, but it's not an easy transition in the NFL. Or do you bite your tongue and hope he improves at left guard? Offensive line needs a major overhaul. I, overhaul. yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to be any better at uh, right tackle, uh, to be completely honest with you. I don't know if he has the requisite um, body type that they want there. I can't remember what his arm length was, uh, but he's, I think he's at left guard and you're going to have to live with it. The only way you see left guard improving uh, this season, I think is if somehow let's say, Tom Compton comes back and he's playing your guard spot or you move some guys around with Quinn Miners coming uh, back this season. Quinn Miners is going to be back eventually. Uh, not sure about Tom Compton or Billy Turner. I'm just, 
do those guys even exist? Uh, have you, have you seen this man? Um, but, uh, I think that you're just going to have to bite your tongue and hope he improves at left guard and the interior offensive line is an area that this uh, team needs to look to improve upon next season. A universal truth in football at all levels, whether it's youth, college, or NFL, people do not move outside. Um, Let me share the screen here. Present screen. This is Dalton Reisner. As far as athletic guys go. Um, have him listed at center. <laughs> yeah, this was at center. Um, but guys, why they don't, you don't move outside. Um, you, it, it, the, the more, the farther away from the ball you are, the more athletic you have to be. If you're not cutting it at tackle, you try guard. If you're not trying, if you don't cut it at guard, you, you are out of football. It kind of works as you're working up the chain. It works the other direction. Cause usually you start the guys on defense. Um, he's a big kid. He's a defensive tackle. Okay. He's not athletic enough for defensive tackle. Can we play him on offense? Okay. Let's try him at offensive tackle. No, he's not athletic enough for offensive tackle. Let's try him at guard. If he's not cutting it at guard, he's out of football. Um, that's, you don't move guys outside. Uh, you don't move guys from slot to outside. You don't move guys from nickel slot to outside corner. It, you move them in as they able to closer to the ball as they start losing their athleticism. So would moving Reisner to right tackle help any? No, uh, it wouldn't. This is, you're looking at, uh, you know, your 40 yard dash, your 20 yard split and your 10 yard split. were all sub poor for, for, uh, an interior lineman. And if I were to change this, a run as a different position, we'll change it to offensive tackle. Then let me see if I can, where do I update that? Change, scroll down. There's a button there. Change position. I'd say apply options. Oh, there is change position, apply options. Uh, You start seeing some of those start all getting bad. Uh, He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the quickness. He doesn't have the reach. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have any of it. Uh, You can play tackle in college. It's a different game. Players aren't as, as, as big and fast, but you do not move guys outside. It doesn't work that way. They're not cutting it. They're moved off the field. Interior uh, OL. That's that's your last shot. <sighs> yeah, it's been a uh, been a struggle. And we have Gary Lee Palmer coming in here saying, uh, "Do we have any hope for an improvement on the offensive line?" Yes, you do. Uh, yes, it's a new, yes, you, do. Mm-hmm. you have a new scheme that you're working through right now, and there's some gelling going on. Although it's mostly the same guys, but hopefully you have some uh, reinforcements coming in here. Billy Turner hopefully would give you another. Uh, option here and then also maybe your best offensive lineman it's uh quinn miners which is crazy to say quinn miners or garrett bowles um would help a lot as well i mean quinn miners was moving people in that seahawks game and mm-hmm. there's some solid d- defensive tackles on that seahawks uh, defensive line uh so yes when quinn miners comes back you should see a big improvement in my opinion on the entire offensive line the real question will be um would you move graham glasgow over to center um to replace lloyd cushionberry i think that's a conversation my understanding is, and I asked around on this and I couldn't get a double confirmation kind of thing, but my understanding uh, is that Russell Wilson pushed hard for Graham Glasgow not to be the center because Lloyd Cushenberry, I think, is 6'3 versus Graham Glasgow at 6'6. And a 6'6 center is not ideal for the 5'10 Russell Wilson. I know he had Ethan Pokasik there at Seattle for a bit. Don't think he enjoyed playing behind the 6'6 Ethan uh, Pokasik there in Seattle. So, We'll see if that happens, but Cushenberry has struggled a lot. And the thing is also with Glasgow, he's a better pass protector. He might be your best pass protector right now on the offensive line, which is not great. Uh, But you're not going to get the wide zone 
movement skills from Glasgow that you're already not getting from Cushionberry. But you might see a little bit of improvement in the uh, pass protection. Yeah, but if I can at least get somebody that an anchor a line and just hold his ground, yeah. um, you know, and I'm, I'm not even talking about, you know, getting a push. I'm talking about just not getting pushed back. You know, I'd rather have 6'6 six, six at the line of scrimmage instead of 6'6 six, six in my lap, four yards deep, 6'3 I mean, in my lap, four yards deep, because again, that guy that he's blocking is probably 6'3, and then he's going to be reaching up to about eight feet, yeah. you know, when he gets his hands in the air. So definitely, definitely a problem. But yes, there is plenty of hope through competition and health that this offensive line gets better. There is. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. We got Unicorn coming in here, Unicorn Extreme, saying, I'm still amazed the Broncos haven't fixed the offensive line. Too busy trading all their picks, I guess. The offensive line is essentially the same as last season, uh, players-wise, and yet they look significantly worse. Uh, so what are the factors here that we can talk about? Man, we've really dug in. We need to talk a little more Colts before we get out of here. Um, but what are the factors that change? New scheme, but looking at the run designs, the... At least according to Pro Football Focus, the ratio of inside zone to man to outside zone is pretty much the same as last year uh, through four games. It's been similar. Um, so I don't think scheme is the big one here. What's next? The quarterback play? Maybe a little bit, but I think the big one here is the offensive line coach. Uh, Butch Berry is, should be very much on the hot seat right now with how the offensive line has not only looked so far, but regressed in spite of the same, uh, same pieces out there. And obviously you could ex expect it a little bit, of regression uh, going out there, but losing Mike Munchak, but Butch Berry does not, is not getting it done. And also I've heard a little birdie that uh, some of the offensive line had some issues with him early uh, in OTAs and whatnot that I'm not sure have been resolved with how the unit has been struggling. So keep an eye on that. But Butch Berry is somebody who needs to be getting a lot of flack in my opinion, still get the season to get it right. But if it continues to look this way, he should be fired period. How about a lack of respect for the weapons on offense? Um, you know, what else is different? Tim Patrick's not there. Noah Fant's not there. You know, Noah Fant was, a was, you know, for lack of his ability to move after the catch, he was still a 65, 70 catch tight end in the middle of the field. That changes the way linebackers are playing against you for sure. There's no pass threat over the middle right now. None. Zero. Albert Okawabinon played one snap. One. You know, you got Sobert and, you know, I, I don't, I haven't really even committed to the memory. Was it Tomlinson? You yeah. know, your other tight end? Because they're not pass catchers. So your your linebackers are able to tee off on the run right now. They've got no respect for the passing game because they don't need to. That's another factor, I think, Nick. Yeah, I, I think it is a factor too, but you're still seeing less crowded box than you saw last season. Um, so you, in theory, you should have a little bit more room. The other thing is the Broncos, I think, have been... <clears throat> tipping their hand pre-snap with not only with uh, Alberto Cuevnam, but also I think they're not running the ball out of shotgun. Um, from what I remember seeing, they're one of the least volume shotgun rushing teams in football so far this season. I know that Russell Wilson thinks he's Drew Brees, you know, empty backfield offense. Not what the data suggests. Uh, honestly, you need to be playing, I think, more under center, heavy play action kind of game. So we'll see if they get into that. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Um, Jesse Fraley coming in here with the $5 super. Thank you so much, Jesse. Cute little Corgo there in your picture there. And uh, we got like seven minutes left, Scott. Uh, thoughts on the game, key matchups, and uh, we got to also have a final score prediction. I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, you know, both teams are struggling to, to, to score. It's similar in that you had two 
veteran quarterbacks that have had a lot of success that were kind of on teams that were, you know, on the on the way down with the Seahawks and needed to rebuild. The Seahawks, I think, did a much better job of moving Russell Wilson instead of waiting two years too late that the Atlanta Falcons did. The Atlanta Falcons got rid of Matt Ryan, who's could finish this year as a top five quarterback in, in total yards in the NFL in NFL history. And they got a third rounder for him and had to eat 40, 40 million in cap money. Um, the Seahawks did a, a much better job of getting a return to accelerate their their rebuilding process. But coming in, you're thinking the offensive line is a strength, and it has been. The offensive line and the strength is going to be the strength of this Colts team, and it hasn't been. It, it just has not been. And this might be as good a defense as they face. If you took up, talk about the, the three AFC South teams and the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Broncos are as good a defense as they, they're going to face through their five games. So low scoring game, keep pressure on Matt Ryan. He is putting the ball on the turf. Um, he'll throw an interception. So it, the, the turnovers are killing this team. So keep pressure on Matt Ryan. Um, keep it simple, stupid on offense. And I think you can, you can grind out a win on this, you know, 16, 13, 19, 16, low scoring for me. Yeah, no, the, some keys of the game for me, the Broncos need to be much better in flipping the field on field position right now, the Broncos lead the NFL in three and outs per drive, uh, which is not good, especially when you're your punter three out of four games has been booting it in the back of the end zone. And that's not totally his fault. It's a saying Bassey running into blockers instead of looking for the damn football, uh, things like that, where it's, you know, s- small things, but the special teams, I mean, you're talking about putting a team back on the five versus the 20. That makes a huge difference uh, in the game. Um, and the other thing is Broncos so far this season, they've been getting some fumbles because of the off uh, the pass rush, but not turning the ball over through the air. Uh, so how are we going to do that? I think the Broncos need to come out quick, score early in this one. And then if they can play with a lead, that's when things unravel for the Colts. They're already a team that wants to run the football. You make Matt Ryan have to drop back 40 plus times, even without Nick Benito out there. That's a recipe for success on uh, for this Broncos defense. So First quarter, got to come out hot, got to come out strong. D- the defense needs to not give up an early touchdown, which I feel like they've been they've done what three, two of the three games, three of the four games early so far points. this season. It's been you yeah. know an opening drive field goal uh, touchdown. Raiders, and Seahawks, Seahawks playing from behind like that. Yep. So we need to get a lead early, and then you can play um, more complimentary football. But we'll see. And the other one is just penalties, man. This this team. I think three of the four games so far this season, they've lost the penalty battle and by a decent margin, you're not good enough on offense to be able to overcome that consistently behind the sticks uh, like you have been. So I know win every aspect, but it's those hidden margins. Special teams didn't win that last week. Penalty yards didn't win that last week. Uh, Turnovers didn't win that last week. You win one of those. I think you beat that Raiders team. Honest to God Um, on top of the Melvin Gordon fumble, even, but the turnovers uh, was the big one because the turnover was so costly. Yeah, but you're three for 11 on third down. You lead the NFL on three. It's just, there's a lot of dysfunction there. So uh, that's the big one. And for me, um, score prediction here. I have the Broncos in the round table. I asked Chad to change it. I messaged him. He never did. Um, I originally had the Colts beating the Broncos. That's when I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be out there. Um, Messaged him yesterday saying that uh, actually Jonathan Taylor out. I think it's going to be an ugly low scoring game. 20 to 16 uh, Broncos is what I have. Yeah, we're within a point. You know, we're within a point of each other on this one. Um, so we'll see, uh, it should be, it should be an entertaining game. Uh, you know, hopefully we get some decent football. The, the, the 49ers game, I said it was an ugly game, but it was wildly entertaining. 
Um, this one, this one might be a little ugly too. There's some, there's some dysfunction on both offenses right now. Uh, but the Broncos defense is playing significantly, significantly better than the Colts, um, which, which should be the difference in this game. And though that in the home crowd, you should be able to put the, put the clamps on the Colts and, 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 uh, you know, strangle them to a win. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And CC letting us know that Lindsay has been promoted to the active roster. Mm-hmm. Any revenge game factors that you got to worry about there, Scott? No. Yeah. No. He. I mean, Philip Lindsay's. He, he is who he is. Um, you know the the running back. He doesn't scare me as a running back. The offensive line. You know, so come out and set the line better. And again, the Raiders were able to run the ball, but they if you're able to convert some third downs your run defense is going to get significantly better. I mean, again, you're wearing down because your offense isn't helping you out. Eventually, you're going to start giving up chunk plays if you cannot hold on to the ball on offense. Your your defense will get tired. So, got to help them out some fellas. The the offense the, the, the for me, the the defensive deficiencies were a direct result of the offense's inability to convert third downs. Yep. No, absolutely. That's uh, it's a struggle. Laura coming in wins Dulcich coming back. Uh, Dulcich, I think, was eligible to come back this week, but they decided with the short week they're going to give him a little bit more time uh, preparation-wise. You might see him get activated next week, but given he's a rookie tight end, even if he was healthy, I think expectations shouldn't have been super high for him this season given the historical precedent of how long it takes tight ends, especially non-first-rounders, uh, to hit. Uh, I think it took, you know, no offense, th- three seasons or so. Uh, David and Joku took like four seasons. The tight ends typically take a bit. So I'm, I'm thinking of be- him more as a big receiver. Can you, yeah. can you get, you know, is he going to be the complete package that you hope when you used to, when you got him in the third round? You don't know, but can he be a complimentary weapon as a receiver in, in a, you know, use him simply, use him easy. Hey, listen, these are the 10 routes you need to know get out there and get in somebody's way when we need you to block. But, um, you know, I don't need you to put your hand in the dirt on the line of scrimmage. I just need another pass catcher. I think, I think he can do that. I think he can, he can make an early impact that way. Yep. And the other thing is you're getting almost nothing from the tight ends right now. (laughs) So like he's got, he's going to be better than Albert. Yeah. The bar has been set so low that anything you get out of the, out of that position is a bonus. So when you're looking when you're looking, you know, how can this get better internally? Because you're not going to go out and bring in a – you're not making midseason changes to your roster that are going to make any kind of an impact. So you start looking at, okay, Billy Turner, Tom Compton, Quinn Miners, uh, Greg Dulcich, Justin Simmons, Randy Gregory. Okay, there's there's some players that can help you a lot that should be healthy relatively quickly. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Well, guys, we're at an hour, so uh, we need to get out of here. And also, Jay saying, "Where can I get this line coffee? I need my caffeine addiction satisfied." Patrick wasn't uh, in here today, uh, but lioncoffee.com. Uh, Simple. Yep. yep, absolutely. I've been enjoying the medium roast Kona beans. Um, just drinking away on those. Actually, I'm empty, so I need to go get more. Um, but uh, we appreciate you guys joining us today. Uh, game day, man, awesome. It's fun to talk about that. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott, I don't know what happened, but our name banners are gone. They're gone mm-hmm. last night, too. So uh, I'm Nick. Hello. That's Scott over there. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Kendall, M-H-H, K-E-N-D-E-L-L, and uh, Scout Kennedy, uh, at Scout Kennedy on Twitter. Also, make sure you're following us at, uh, oh, 
at BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're tuning into the game tonight. And I'm sure after the game, uh, you can hang out with Chad and Zach where they're going to celebrate a hard fought uh, Broncos victory, uh, hopefully. So, <sighs> any final thoughts, Scott, before we get on out of here? Just uh, enjoy the game tonight, y'all. Uh, be careful out there. And uh, yeah. we'll see you for the gut reaction. What's that? About 1130, 1130 Eastern time tonight. So, uh, you know, get your coffee ready. And I'll put this in the put that that link in the chat. Again, that's not a paid promotion or anything. That's just a, a friend who is who's helped us out. And we're saying thank you to. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Patrick and uh, shout out to you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, game day. Make sure you guys are choosing kindness and compassion. And go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.